This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games episode 25. Joining me as always is Liam Jones. Liam, how's your Animal Crossing town going? Basic is what I how I would describe it at this point. I haven't really gone into overall development of the island. I've mostly been focusing on my own personal area, which is a nice little tent. No, no, it's a house now, but I preferred it when it was a tent. A nice little house on the beach with a fire out front. It's very low-key. I'm keeping it very cavall. Mm, I see what you did there with that pun. I got yes. my town officially rated for the first time by Isabel yesterday, and she gave it one star. Oof. Like, now, that, now I know how pro wrestlers feel when I'm like, your match is bad, one star. It's like, Isabel's you're like, your town is bad, one star. You should have started yelling at it. Well, what's your town like, Isabel, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't give star ratings unless you've ran towns yourself, built islands from the ground up yourself. Exactly. You don't know anything about star ratings of islands. Can I ask you about an Animal Crossing meme that I've been seeing? I don't understand it yet because I'm not that far into the game. But there seems to be, like, a scary bunny rabbit dude. And people do not seem to be a fan. Yeah, what's his name? Zipper, is it? Uh, he's the dude who, like, throws gifts in the air. Yeah, you should you, you should have him as well. You just haven't logged on in a few days. He's part of the Easter event, Bunny Day, or Egg Day. Bunny Day? What's the name of it? Is it Bunny Day or Egg Day? Whatever it's called. Uh, people don't like it because it just fills your town with, uh, town with eggs all over the place. But you can sell the eggs for 200 bells a pop. So I don't care about any of the Bunny Day um, items. I'm just selling all of my eggs for 200 bells a pop and buying something I do care about. What are you going to buy? Are you saving up for something special? I don't know, like I'm, I'm trying to pay off a bridge at the moment, and my no, no, I paid off the bridge. I'm trying to pay off an incline at the moment, so I can make my town easily accessible without having to use the ladder or the pole vault. And I'm also trying to pay off my house, of course, because Tom Nook will forever have me in debt until the end of time. I tried to wait so long, like when I got my initial house, so that I wouldn't have to be in debt at all. Oh, you'll always be in debt. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't like being in debt. I like to... I want to build up a surplus and then go from there. So I got like halfway and then I was like, ah, I can't store items. <laughs> mm. So I had to fold. We all fold to Tom Nook in the end. But Tom Nook owns us. And so Tom Nook actually owns this podcast now. Oh, sponsored by Nook Hub. I really wish yeah, Nook, if you if Nook Inc. wants to sponsor this podcast, Nintendo will take the money. Oh, well, if there's any money we're comfortable taking, it is Nintendo money. Uh, I've also been playing Tire This Hasmanian Tire this week, which I think is representative of your culture. I'm, I'm trying to get get more in touch with you, my podcast co-host, by playing a game about a boomerang wielding Tasmanian Tiger. You know what? I don't really care for Tasmania. Wow. Liam just yeah. goes straight to the racism. I'm bringing the hate what's next do you hate boomerangs do you hate your own culture have you ever started well, can you do you know how to use a boomerang i can get it to come back i I'm very rarely can catch it oh like it gets very hard it's a it's a big like wooden object flying back at you at high speeds so you understand the theory but you do not have the dexterity yeah well i also like have bad eyesight so <laughs> like just in general it's like a blur flying towards me um, because I don't want to wear glasses while doing that. Um, but I can throw it and get it to turn around and come back. 
Ooh. Is that the first thing they teach you when you're in like primary school? No. <laughs> because we, 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 if you really want to get into it, we kind of suppress indigenous history and culture in this country. Oh. So, yeah, we don't really get much of it. That's less than ideal. Yeah, it's not a great situation. Um, but I, I was actually pretty lucky growing up because um, my mother was involved in um, youth work in my town. So I, a part of part of that was they had a lot of um, indigenous speakers and performers that would come to her work and perform for the children. So as a kid, I did get to experience a lot of that, probably more than most. Cool, boomerangs mm. are cool. Why doesn't why don't all kids just want to use boomerangs by default? Well, they are dangerous. Like there's a reason they, they use them as weapons because they can bludgeon animals very easily. I suppose that doesn't make like sense. they're not they're, they're not a fun tool. <laughs> they're a weapon. <laughs> It's like saying, oh, why don't, why don't, it's like, oh yeah, why don't kids play with machetes? Well, there's a reason. Machetes are are knives. Come on. It's like, like in Ireland, we have hurleys for our national sport, hurling, which are just large sticks, but they're also weapons. Um, In Australia, we have hurleys, but it is a surfing clothing brand. Well, which is owned by Nike. So it's not even Australian. Damn you, Nike. Well, it might have been started in Australia, but it is owned by Nike these days. I think it was. It because like it was all it was a big thing about Australian surfing culture. I watched a documentary once. I don't remember the details. Mm-hmm. But it was about the expansion and co-option of uh, surf culture in Australia, which is always fun. Mm. There's nothing better than taking something that is uh, a group of people are passionate about and turning it into a corporate identity. Yeah, you gotta market it and brand it. It's gotta become a brand, Liam. Oh, and if there's one thing we respect, it's the hashtag brand. Yes, indeed, because every the week Robert we talk Stone about AW Dynamite. I was segueing! <laughs> the Robert Stone brand and the Tony Khan brand. And I'm gonna drink this peach tea. Why Why are you drinking peach tea? Why? Okay, two questions. Why not regular tea? I had regular tea on the day. I finished my tea before the podcast because I'm not a monster. And why peach tea? Well... I saw this, I was perusing the alcohol store, and as in Australia, it's one of our essential services that will remain open forever, and I came across Brookvale Union Vodka and Peach Iced Tea. Now, I am a big purveyor of iced tea, but most, in fact, peach iced tea. So I've decided to crack open a can, pour it into my Coca-Cola glass, because that seems appropriate. And to try it for the listeners, because they care. They don't care about wrestling. They care about alcoholic iced peach tea reviews. So you're saying you're getting tipsy to review an XT in AEW? Yeah, well, i got to make these shows interesting somehow. Wow. So how is it? Mmm. It just, honestly, it really just tastes like carbonated iced tea. Mmm. I've never like drank it, iced tea. Added the blueberries. Come on, man. I'm not an adventurous person. I'm like, what I about have tea. I like tea. To... Why would I try iced tea? We need to give you um, blueberry iced tea. Just go crazy first round. Get all the try, try and combine as many things I've never had in my life into one thing. Thus ruining them all for you forever. Of course, as is the way of the world. Speaking of the world. 
Every week we review AEW Dynamite and WNXT. Last week AEW won, so we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite first, uh, which began with a really good match between Kenny Omega and Trent. I think I thought better than the Sammy Guevara match, and probably I, I said last time the Sammy and Kenny match was as good a match you could have in front of nobody. I think this was even better. So this is as good a match you could have in front of nobody. The thing that I took away most from it was that they clearly have faith in Trent to be a main eventer eventually. Yeah. Get like they've got, they've given him all the big matches, except like Orange got the pay per view match. So like fuck you, Trent. I guess, but for the most part, they've given him all the big TV matches. And I was watching this, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I could definitely see Trent in that uh, that level eventually. He is a really good pro wrestler, and he has nice flower gear. Mm-hmm. And you know, <laughs> what more do you need? He might not be the most dynamic wrestling personality in the world, but he has Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy next to him. To That's help the thing, him. though. Do you think um, if they do put him in a main event uh, angle feud program, they keep Chuck and Orange with him? I think you kind of need to, because I think they provide the personality for the wrestler. Yeah, and I, I like, I, has Trent ever done a serious program? I don't remember one. Um, In WWE, he had, like, wrestling series where he was, like, a serious wrestle boy. But where he, like, has, basically what I'm saying is, has Trent ever cut a serious promo in his life? I don't think he, that's, I don't think that's what you do with him, though. I think you want him to be kind of a wacky dude, but you need that wacky dude who can flip the switch when necessary, I suppose. Yeah, when, like, in a main event world title feud, if you're going to get him to that level, you need the dude who can cut a serious promo, he can talk you into the main event. You can't just be the goofy Trent guy at the top of the card. He needs, he needs layers. And if he doesn't, I, I, I've never, I don't know if he has the layers. I don't think he, he's never shown them. So I'm, I can't say definitively either way. I, I do hope that he can go up the card because I've been a, a staunch Trent fan since 2012. Mm. He was the reason I watched New Japan for the first time, so... There you go. And then you discovered Kenny, so, really. Well, no, Kenny wasn't till... I already knew Kenny because I watched PWG. Nerd! Yeah, I'm, I'm hip to it, guys. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Omega won with the One Wing Angel. They they went very close to the time. Well, not very close. They, they went into the final minute, and then he beat him at the start of the 19th minute. Which, I, I like that. It, like, they did go all the way. It's like, oh, he beat him with three seconds remaining. He beat him with 50 seconds remaining. Yeah, uh, well, this is what you got to do with time limits. You can't just completely ignore them and then do a, a draw out of nowhere. You know what I mean? You can't do the mm-hmm. down to the last second angle with them and like and not do anything in between. So I like this kind of stuff because it makes me feel like they take the time limits seriously, mm. but not like seriously enough that like everything is a draw, everything is down to the wire. Hikaru she defeated uh, Anna J. Uh, people were a big fan of Anna J. Well, she's very pretty, and she can we- wrestle pretty damn good. Yeah, she was good in this match. It was like it was an enhancement match mostly for Sheeta, but Jay had a good, Jay had one of those showings where like, yeah, she should be brought back. The problem thing is like, I think a couple matches on this show delved a little into NXT. Who really gets over in this kind of squash matches? Mm-hmm. And I thought this was kind of one of them. I was like, if you're building Sheeta up, I can't Sheeta just like kill this girl. You're not going to say that about the good squash match on the show, are you? No, not about that one. All right, we won't have to fight. Okay. <laughs> that, that one ruled. It was, yeah, we'll get to that it, in it a was, second. It was more like the dork order. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, um, Sheeta wins. Sheeta's being set up as the top contender whenever there's title matches. It's a really weird time where it's like they're still like building things, and they've apparently taped like two months worth of TV yesterday. But and the apparently, before, but. apparently, um, those two months like are stuff that could like easily be turned into dark footage if they get the clear to go back and record more stuff. So that tells you that they're like understandably trying to not give away their A content. They're trying to ride this out, well, giving like good content, but not like their their best content. But it'll be like the, the we didn't talk about it, the TNT title tournament. I assume well, I was going to wait till we got to the main event, but yeah. So we have the TNT title tournament brackets, which is Cody versus Spears, Darby versus uh, Sammy, and then the other side of the bracket is Dustin Rhodes against Kip Sabian, Lance Archer against Colt Cabana. Uh, I, I assume they've taped that all the way through. I would imagine. Um, on the report from Torch, I, I believe they said that they have. Which one would expect the final is Cody against Lars Archer, but you'd never know. That's what the final should be, and that's what the final, because they usually do wrestling right, probably will be. I do wonder if, like, I wonder how different this tournament looked before the world went insane. Mm. I wonder, like, because you, you would have to assume that, like, people such as, like, Park or Pentagon or Phoenix would have been involved, and maybe it would have been a, lo- a longer tournament. Because it was funny, when they originally showed, like, we're doing the TNT title tournament, they showed brackets where it was, like, from yeah. the last 16. And then the next day, it's, like, when they announced the brackets, final eight. Yeah, um, so I'm guessing there was originally a lot more people scheduled for this, but because the world's stupid, that's where we're at. Number Like, Sean Spears got his way back to a dynamite main event based on the, the way the world is. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll get to that, but um, I just wanted to say that I'm re- I'm so happy we're getting like a mid card uh, title. It just it, I, it, we have so many aimless matches on Dynamite sometimes where it's just like, okay, this match is really it's like a good match, but like why is it happening? And now we can kind of put those matches towards a division, towards a purpose. Mm. Yeah, I'm into it. That takes us to John Moxley and uh, Jake Hager will face in two weeks in an empty arena, no holds barred match. I like the way they specifically specified empty arena. It's like, sure, <laughs> the people at ringside will leave, I guess. Uh, yeah, good video package. I'm not, I'm yeah. not particularly looking forward to the match, but good video package. Yeah. Man, I just do. I expect too much from Hager. <laughs> Is that the problem? Yes. He's been very boring in AEW so far. He has shown very little to suggest that there's more to him than there was at his most middling WWE run. Maybe we just use this as like a little a little uh, blip for Mox and then Hager can just step back from wrestling entirely and just be a heavy. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's really good at that. <laughs> yeah, him standing there looking mean, ideal. But like, like as there's always tiers of people leave WWE and go to prove themselves. I think Juice, Juice Robinson is probably at the top of the tier. In, in terms of guys who were never pushed there, who went and took over the world, and now are back in New Japan mid-cards. Though I suppose he's not doing anything in New Japan at the moment. Uh, Hager is not doing great. He's looking like a bit of a Sean Spears. You know what? Someone who didn't do that. Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Jake Roberts cuts a promo uh, before the match. I like the way they're still, they still have Jake Roberts on the show. Obviously, they, These they are shouldn't. so good. Yeah, they shouldn't have him there live. So they, they just have him send in these badass promos, hyping up his man. Also, I think that um, some of Jake's live promos have been a little rambly. Mm. So these uh, these pre-match vignettes, they're a lot more concise because you can do a bit of editing around the rambles. You can stylize them. Mm. And they look great. Yeah, Jake Roberts is a great promo. Lance Archer is even better. He murdered Marco Stunt in what has to be one of the best squash matches in the history of wrestling. 
Everybody dies. I'm just glad he got his theme. Yeah, people were very happy he still has his New Japan theme. But yeah, they went in there. Like, Marco's stunt is so perfect for this kind of match to make Lance Archer look like... Like, nobody on Earth could make Lance Archer look better in a squash match than Marco's stunt. And there, there are certain people... One person... People are like, oh, the discourse around this Marco's stunt, Lance Archer... Match. Like, no, one person had a bad take and everyone else loved it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... It was great, and I didn't feel deeply uncomfortable. Yes, I I was the opposite of deeply uncomfortable. I deeply enjoyed the squash match. I was going to say, I um, shout-outs to Marco for absolutely dying for Lance in this debut, really earning yeah. that contract. Literally, got, he got chokeslammed into the front row. <laughs> what more can you do to establish a big guy? That I, I, sh- I don't think that the Lance-Cult match will be <laughs> to the same level. <laughs> No, I did like they had Colt on commentary. They had two commentaries on the show, Cody and Colt. Colt, much better than Cody. I'm, Cody well, Colt is, a, like, he does commentary. <laughs> yeah, He's going to be more comfortable doing it. Cody's a little too um, uh, non-professional, just kind of goes with what he's trying to say, and it, it gets lost a little. Yeah, Cody, there's a couple problems with Cody. I think he tries to lead too much, and you're sitting there with Tony Schiavone. Tony leads, you follow. And there's times where he veers into play-by-play, and it's like, that's Tony's job. Stop it. Stop it. And he also, uh, he doesn't escalate. And this is, like, if you're not an announcer, you won't know how to do this well. But, like, he doesn't escalate to match the, the tension and drama of the match. He's, like, Cody all the way through. You gotta go up! You gotta go up, Cody! Yeah, he's, he's still cracking jokes, like, while people are killing themselves. Yeah, while guys are going into near falls, Cody's still getting his, his witty WCW references in. It's like, no, dude, come on! And then, um... Yeah, Lance killed Marco. The Gun Club is still a thing. They're 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 basically the the AEW cheerleaders now. I really do like those like heel side, babyface side. I wish they had kind of done more interactions with that throughout the show, but they had one really good one. So yeah, Lance hit the pounce and tribute to Monty Brown. Hit a giant pounce. Period. And then hit the blackout for the win and chokeslammed him into the crowd. This, like, as I said, the the best squash match of all time. It's up there. It's so good. It's such a satisfying squash match. And even, like, Marco doesn't entirely get squashed. He gets some shit in, but Lance, like, just, just like, just passes it off as nothing. It's like, like super, <laughs> impo- super importantly, uh, Lance never leaves his feet for Marco, which I think, like, that's what you want. I know and that's, like, the- old school thing, but it's like, it's right. The way, like, Lance sold for Marco as well. It's like, it's not, he didn't give him nothing, but what he gave him, he sold in a way that made it look like, you know, he's a badass killer still, because he's rubbing off uh, uh, freaking Marco's son throwing whatever his entire body weight is at Lance Archer. And Lance Archer is like, ha ha ha, I will kill you. And Lance looked like, he looks so cool. Like, with the, like, the bright red gear. His, his vest is so cool. (laughs) Like, that dude looks like... Well, I, I think AEW has a very distinct style, and he fits in so, like, perfectly with it. Like, he's 43 now. Mm. Which is, like, he's not a young man, but he's still thriving on television. Better than he's ever looked. Uh, give me a give me a Lance Derby match. We had another exalted one, Brody Lee uh, vignette, where he's giving out about people yawning. More of, like, Vince McMahon nonsense. Who cares? Yeah, the thing is, like... If you can separate the Vin- it being a Vince dig, I actually do like it. I like like this corporate uh, elitist alpha like dog who's like bullying all of his underlings. And like, if you can take away where the gimmick came from, I do actually really like it a lot. 
I, I you see, I have, I, I still have a problem with the overall idea in that I think there, there's like two dark orders. Well, like when you see him coming out in the robe in the goofy gear, that feels so like cognitively dissonant for me from the like by him backstage being a sociopathic, rich man cult leader. So like maybe they should be able to like uh, make these two elements more cohesive. Yeah, I, like I, I, I would prefer if they totally overhauled and redesigned what the Dark Order looks like to match more like the the kind of corporate cult as opposed to the the kind of what is it, a satanic cult or whatever it seemed like mm. before Brody Lee showed up. It just seems like there's two things going on here. So when he comes out in his robe and his his gear, it's like that doesn't seem like the same person. Like he, when he's not wrestling, he should be in the suit. Yeah. Like when he came out to beat these dudes up, he should have come out in the suit. Mm. And I, I like I like his actual wrestling gear. I think you keep that. I think the the coat probably needs to change to re- reflect this corporate I- identity. Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall defeated the Dark Order number eight and nine. What was the the, the Natural Nightmares? That's the name of their team. Is I kind of really like the Natural Nightmares. <laughs> That's a fun little like mid card. They'll get a, a a a title match against like the Lucha Bros someday, and it'll be yeah. a really fun mid like mid card title match. I fuck it. I, I want them and Hangman and Omega at some point. Yeah. I like I and like QT Marshall. Like that dude. He can. He's got some athleticism to him. I think. I mean, it's it's okay, it's okay. Like a dad at a trampoline park. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. But like, I still enjoy watching it. Yeah, I like it. Dude needs to shave the head though. Yeah. But yeah, like, this is. I thought this was pretty damn good. Again, I don't think it needed to be four minutes though. Like, why did you have to give Dork Order eight and nine like so much? <laughs> it's eight and nine. They're very important. Yeah, seven, eight, nine. I did like. They were like, "There's seven new T-shirts on the shop." A W and Cole's like, "Good thing there's not eight or nine. It's like, <laughs> I get it because there's eight, nine in the ring. Good job, Cole. Good joke." Um, Cole also made a pretty good like. I don't know if this is like actual gonna be a thing they go with, but like. The numbering system of the Dark Order were like Evil Uno and like Stu is Dose, and then like going from there and there and there. I hope like there's a big reveals as we go that there's a three and a four and a five and a six, and they as they go uh, descend in number rank, they get stronger. Uh, Chris Jericho again, another highlight of the show. As I said, Broken Matt Hardy should be goofy and funny and dumb and silly, and Chris Jericho shouting at a drone. <laughs> <laughs> and then getting out of his hot tub wearing jeans. He was wearing jeans in the hot tub. Who knows why? And then... Saying- that was... I... I... Like... Not since him losing the belt at a steakhouse have I popped so hard for a Chris Jericho moment than when I saw him walking out of the tub in jeans. <laughs> He's just wearing and jeans. A and belt. a belt. Yep, wearing the belt. You gotta keep your pants up, especially when they, oh. they shrink in the hot tub. And his delivery of release the hounds! Give that man an Oscar. And then the montage of a series of very non-threatening dogs running out <laughs> and trying to grab a drone. And like two, like two waves of them too. <laughs> uh, are they all Chris Jericho's dogs? Does Chris Jericho actually have that many dogs? I think he actually has that many dogs. He has Ooh. like four kids, so. They all have dogs. Yeah. I like, Chris Jericho rules and like, I watched this segment and it just really dawned on me like, I already knew this because he was already up there, but he is, like, the American goat for me now. Like, as far as American... Oh, American Canada, West. As far as, like, that er area, he might be, like, the greatest of all time to me. Like, 
He's so consistently good. He's the highlight of everything he's on. There's there's so few people could, that can make something this dumb work. You know, ironically, was, Matt Hardy was like the only the other person in recent years who made something this dumb work. Yeah, and not I mean, as consistently. I, some something like this, like deliberately cringy and deliberately corny. A lot of people, it, it just wouldn't work. But it's Chris Jericho, so when he gets mad at the drone stealing his tiny T-shirt, it works. <laughs> just as as it goes to black, he took my shirt. <laughs> Yeah, he was so he was so forlorn. Um, shout out to a great line uh, by calling Matt Hardy Damascus. Oh, that was very good. Yes, I approve of Damascus. Like, what a what a great what a great segment. Like, this is up there with AW like Chris Jericho segments all time. This is good. That's a it's pretty high praise given there's there's been a decent few. Yeah, considering like I think if you go like top ten AEW moments, like seven of them are just Chris Jericho promo segments. Yeah, Chris Jericho just doing something dopey, calling people pumpkinhead dipshits. Hmm, and like you can tell that like they didn't know how much wrestling to have to like vignette stuff because they went from straight from this to another styled one, but like the more serious one. Yeah, we got Nick Jackson hanging out with Matt, being like, "Hey, you want to wrestle? I brought a ring to you! Yay!" Matt- Matt growing out that big heel beard for when yeah, he turns. It's the self-isolation beard. I'm sure he'll shave it when he comes back. Nah, that, that dude's turning, for real. Is that entire thing their house? Do they have a tennis court in their house? That's just Nick's house. Good God. Yeah, like, there's a reason that um Cody brought up the compound. Fair enough. If you have a tennis court, that's a tennis court is a level above. Yeah, tennis court, like, both of them have massive pools and shit. I really, one, like, scene that I thought was really good and really humanizing was having Nick's family watching him from, like, <laughs> seven stories up, so maybe not that humanizing. But, <laughs> but like, still, I was like, oh, that's that's a cool moment. We can see you from 100 feet away at her large compound. Yeah, which is still another 100 feet from our front door. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But yeah, I, that was, I thought this was a really cool segment. I think we're going to get more of these style stuff and like, you know, the Lance Archer stuff, probably more Darby stuff because uh, it's probably easier to film decent decent length segments and get them on TV this way instead of having to film matches. Especially because the books are like permanently off TV, aren't they? They're, they're stuck in LA. I just see. I didn't know that, but I, I hope we get more of this kind of stuff. So it's got to keep them on the show somehow. <laughs> Matt Hardy will show up somehow. He'll yeah. teleport. Via via hologram and Vanguard One. Vanguard Run One rules. Is Stacking guy. his Hall of Fame case. In our main event, Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears defeated Cody and Darby Allen in a very long, but I think broadly very good match. See, I I really did like this like a lot, but it did seem like house showy. Yeah, it was it was it was long, and they were yeah. they were doing stuff. It was long. <laughs> Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. I was like, yeah, I liked it. Like, I didn't, I, w- I don't think I was ever like zoning out. I was just, I was just kind of like, <laughs> I was vibing, as the kids say. <laughs> I did like. I thought the when when they basically got to down to business, I thought the match was very good on both because they they did a big flurry before the second before the last break and then came back and then did their, their finish basically, and and Darby jumped off a pole. So there's not much you can give about about there, can you? I, I feel bad because, like, I don't think that's going to get as much play as they had hoped. Especially because uh, we stuff like that just feels so weird without a crowd reacting. Yeah. Like, poor dubs. <laughs> I, I hope it just becomes a regular spot while they film in this cool little, like, compound area. 
Knowing Darby, it will. He just does it every match. It's going to be feel. It feels so weird because NXT has a ladder match next week. WrestleMania has a ladder match. Watching ladder matches, like where there's like oh big impressive things and guys killing themselves. See, I really to- hope they don't kill themselves. I hope they just go fuck it. There's no crowd. Let's just let's try and do this as safely as possible. Because like I don't want I don't want someone to get like real fucked up in front of zero people. Well, millions around the world watching on the WWE oh, Network. Liam. Fuck the millions around the world. Who cares? <laughs> This show shouldn't uh, even be happening. I don't really this debate. Um, yeah, but the, uh, our finish was uh, Spears was about to hit Cody with a chair again, but Darby grabbed the chair. Cody, uh, th- this is what I didn't like about this match. Where, where the, Cody just, just kind of got out of the ring. And I would mm-hmm. like if at least Sammy pulled him out or grabbed his leg or something that, that made it less look like Cody was just like, all right, bye. Uh, yeah, then Sean Spears rolled up Darby for the win. Sammy Guevara is the best. I love Sammy so much. He's the best thing on the show. So, like, I think he may have, like, overtaken Darby for me now. He's just the the best obnoxious douche you could possibly book. Even the heels kind of don't like him. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, and, like, I I just love his, like, incessant need to hit on every woman. Which is fair. Like, he hit on Brit. I like how they've <laughs> done. It's married. Yeah, and she she said that, and he's like, eh. Um, uh, Cole's gonna like jump ship just to fight Guevara. Um, I really like that they had Cody and Sammy uh, against each other after the stuff that Sammy did with Brandy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good little like I don't know if it was a callback, but you know, progressive storytelling. It really feels like the whole uh, inner circle elite stuff has been dropped though. Well, like the, as they said, basically, I'd imagine the first show they can do back in front of people will be Blood and Guts. You know, what's and funny? until then, they're just kind of in a holding pattern. I do you think they're gonna end up adding a person to the teams of Blood and Guts because it doesn't make sense for Nick to be out for that long. That's true. If they have to wait, if they have to wait a couple months still, and Nick's like still like, oh, I'm still injured. <laughs> it's I'm like only ninety four percent. Yeah, so like I think. You probably need to add Nick back to the match and maybe add someone, a new uh, Inner Circle member. Or maybe, just maybe, I don't know what the time looks timeline looks like, but you add Mox and Nick back and then you add a revival to the other side. There you go. You, you should mm. book this name. Ah, I'm a... Give us the book! So that is AEW Dynamite. I thought much better than last week. Much better than last week. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, I think as we talked about it, I liked it more. There you go. <laughs> like, I, I, the, like, like after, because I had taken some time after watching it and watched other stuff, and I was like, you know, this show was kind of all right. But as I was talking about, it's like, you know, I liked a lot of this show. I was like, I thought last week's was kind of meh, and this week's was mostly very good, as empty arena wrestling goes. Before we go to NXT, we have, we have a message from our sponsor, Garrett. Yes, Sam. This world's crazy. It is. It's it's a very strange time. And going to the doctors doesn't seem ideal at this point. No, social distancing. Especially if you live in a large American city and you have to wait 29 days to see a doctor. And if you have a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want that treatment now. Especially when you're locked inside with your loved one, presumably, or by yourself. It doesn't matter. And that's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state or from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. And your schedule should be clear at this point because you should be staying the fuck home. 
So just grab your phone or your computer or your tablet, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. And if a doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get a free unlimited follow-up. <laughs> you also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or you want to adjust your treatment plan. And with Roman, there are no commitments. You can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And that takes us into WWE NXT, uh, which opened with a very, 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 very long Velveteen Dream against Bobby Fish match. Liam, don't put Velveteen Dream in a very long empty arena match. Mm. You know what? You know, I'm going to have a hot take here. What's your hot take? Eh. Eh. Sure. <laughs> your hot take is like you, you just don't care. No, my hot take is I didn't hate it. No. Oh. And as someone well, who... Someone who doesn't like the Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, was, that was very surprising. Maybe I just like Bobby Fish. How many singles matches have Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have since being on NXT? Uh, Kyle O'Reilly has a three. I've looked that up before. Uh, fill time while I look up Bobby Fish's. You see, this was all a setup because I saw Garrett's tweet where he talked about how many singles matches uh, Kyle O'Reilly had had on NXT. So I wanted to give him uh, a moment to flex his knowledge. But uh, obviously he didn't do the same research for Bobby Fish. So I'm just going to continue going on talking as if he had already had the notes. Which I obviously do. That was Bobby Fish's fourth televised match, singles match, since he debuted on NXT or in WWE. And how long have they been in NXT, Garrett? uh, Approximately three years. What the fuck is the point? It's it's especially upsetting that, like, you have... I've said this before, but you have Kyle O'Reilly in feuds with, like, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. And just, like, if I'm lazy, if I'm just lazily <laughs> throwing together a television show, I'm like... Us in, t- right. us in TW. Like, yes, if, if I'm doing a three tag weeks from the pay-per-view. <laughs> the two guys in the tag team feud wrestle in singles matches and they have great matches. That's all. That's, that's not rocket science. Just, just give us Pete O'Reilly and O'Reilly. wrestle Matt Riddle and let them wrestle good wrestlers and have good matches. Yeah. And, like, I, I saw your... Uh, Twitter thread when you were talking about this, but I didn't interact. Uh, and then people brought up how it was seemingly looking like Carl was probably going to get a heavyweight push in New Japan, and that just made me even sadder. He would have done a G1. He would have done a G1. Do you want to know who Bobby Fish has wrestled in NXT? Can I try and guess? Alright, there's four matches. Okay, I'm going to guess. I know that one was Alistair Black. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, were they all in like the first year? No, there was one. There, there was one this week against Velveteen Dream. Oh well, the Velveteen Dream. Okay, so I didn't. I thought sure two. There we go. There was also another match against Velveteen Dream last year. So two of his four have been against really? Velveteen Dream. I have yeah. no recollection of that. It was last January, apparently. Did he wrestle? I'm trying to think of like who did Cole feud that he would have wrestled. You're, for you're, Cole. You, 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 you're not going to get it. It was EC3. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, that's Bobby Fish's singles matches. And, like, <laughs> those are not good opponents for Bobby Fish outside of Alistair Black. Yeah. Oh, well, there so, yeah, go. this match happened, and uh, Dream won, and Dream Cole. Yep, that's a match. They're is not going to put week? the belt on Dream, that are they? That's not next week, is it? Has that been confirmed for next week? I don't think so. Because next week is meant to be the takeover. It has the Gargano and Champa match, but I guess not. But yeah, like, don't put the belt on Dream. 
No, absolutely, especially not right now. Like, you know, doing any title change in front of nobody is a bad idea. Like, like there, there is only one world in which I think Drew McIntyre should lose to Brock Lesnar, and that's an empty arena WrestleMania. Uh, I was saying this before, like, I really think this is going to go into main roster fantasy booking for a second. But, like, the, what they should have done was just completely fucking get rid of every show. Like, mm. just don't do anything. WrestleMania's the first show back. And then you do, like, all your big title changes. And, like, you know, you have a, a packed crowd who hasn't seen wrestling live in six months or whatever. I think I, I think that's honestly, like, that's why I like what New Japan's doing the best. They just switched completely to online digital content. And mm. they've moved away from any live wrestling. So, like, their first show back is going to feel like a really big deal, and I think they should stack that card and then just do, like, a bunch of real good um, moments to send, like, uh, the, the crowd home happy, but, like, on a much larger scale than just a normal show. Mm. Rather than just doing all these endless empty arena shows. That, like, I, I understand why nobody would watch these shows, because, like, even, like, as giant wrestling nerds, part, it's, yeah. it's tough at times. It's just like, tough. I wouldn't be watching NXT, and I probably would only be watching highlights of AW if I wasn't reviewing them. Just because, not because they are bad, but because like it's just not the same. Like I, I would rather be spending my time watching something like 2011 TNA, uh, WWE, and New Japan. Like that's what I think I would be spending my time with currently. Malcolm Evans cut a promo. His big lads, who's I, I, they still don't think they've been named. No, they, they gave they, them. They did give them names. They gave All him right. names. And they, they gave him a tag name as well. <laughs> They're the broader Pippin Enterprises. There you go. Uh, it's it, it's good that he's on TV, at least. Even in this these 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 dark days. I don't mind these big lads, though. I, I, I look forward to seeing what they can do. And hopefully they um they have some good, ma- big, some good big boy matches beating up some dudes. Dexter Loomis defeated Jake Ugh. Adam. Oh, we didn't talk about the elephant in the room. Sam Roberts on commentary. He- oh, was that... Sa- okay, I literally sent a message to someone saying, who was on commentary, I hate them. It was Sam Roberts. It was legitimately one of the worst commentary performances I've heard in as long as I can remember on mainstream US television. And that's covering some ground. There are some bad that's covering a, there. That's covering a recent time where we've had Jim Ross <laughs> like, yeah. be half cut on commentary. Jim Ross burying literally everything in sight is better than Sam Roberts on these shows. This show, what? Where's but where'd Byron go? Why were they suddenly like well, uh, Byron Saxton can't do it with Tom Phillips? We have to get Sam Roberts in there. Jim Ross not knowing who any of the New Japan talent are and having a few drink skis before the show is better than Sam Roberts. He was dre- he was absolutely dreadful. He was so bad. Like God, and it's bring like me, it's like bring obnoxious- back Byron. It's like obnoxious cartoony heel announcer too. Like it's not even done in like I think Corey, like before he went too far in one way, was pretty good at being a heel commentator. Like because he had subtlety and Sam has no subtlety whatsoever. He's literally cheering for bad guys getting weapons. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Dexter Loomis. Yeah. No, I'm I'm staying on heel commentators. I'm Whoa, still mad. Here we go. <laughs> There, there, there is a world that was convinced that the heel commentator as a role was a good idea, and they were convinced solely, solely based on the fact that 
Bobby Heenan is one of the sharpest, smartest minds in the history of wrestling. In the history of the world, that dude has like the quickest wit you would come across in your life. And same with Jesse Ventura. Both of them, very entertaining, very funny, very charismatic, and they tricked people into thinking the role of heel commentator is actually a good idea and actually a thing you can do. If you think, oh, Bobby Heenan did that, I can do that too. You are like, the, you have the biggest ego I've ever seen in your in my life because it's Bobby Heenan. As I said, quickest witted man you'll ever see in your life. You cannot be him. You are not him. And stop being destructive and burying baby faces and trying to get over heels. It's all dumb. And maybe like, don't bury like one of your only actually young prospects in the company. Like, God don't spend don't. three minutes and 20 seconds shitting on Jake Atlas the entire time. Uh, oh, God, Jake Atlas. Why? What are they doing? Like, oh, this is why Jake Atlas should not have signed right now. Because yeah, well. if Jake Atlas went to Impact or he went to Japan or he went to AEW in three, even if his end goal is WWE, I don't care. In three years time, when he's a much better wrestler, a much bigger name and a name people care about, he would come into NXT on top. He would come in in the Kushida, or Kushida well, they're not doing anything with Kushida either, but they're kind of half pushing Kushida. We'll get to that in a minute. But he, he'd come in uh, uh, as a pushed entity rather than losing to Sam Shaw. Sam Shaw sucks. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, I saw Dexter Loomis and I was like, why is he even in NXT? Like, just chuck him on the main roster. Like, he doesn't he doesn't need to be here. Like, even if I don't care for him, I don't, like, it's not like he's going to get better. He's not like he's going to get over being in NXT. Just literally chuck him on the main roster. He's a decent main roster mid-card act. There's no greater sign that, like, they're signing everybody than them signing Sam Shaw and actually putting him on television and pushing him. In a gimmick that's, like, six years old. And that people didn't like in the first place. I did, but I like Dexter because I'm a normal dude. I meant that in, like, a derogatory way. Not in, like, you know, just a normal guy. Uh, Sam Shaw, great music. I'll give him that. Is it? Oh, wait, like, TNA Sam Shaw or, like, this Sam Shaw? This Sam Shaw is, like, some weird psychopathic Stranger Things theme. I guess. It's kind of just, like, white noise almost. Hmm. You clearly only appreciate loud, in-your-face music, Liam. Everybody dies! Dakota Kai defeated Aaliyah, uh, Diona Perazzo, Caden Carter, Shotzi Blackheart, and Jia Lee to fill the final spot in the ladder match next week. Uh, basically, Shotzi beat everybody but Dakota Kai, and they got beaten by the worst-looking Go to Sleep you'll ever see in your life. Uh, Dakota Kick. I think it's just Go to Kick. I don't. I, thought, I, don't even I thought it was Dakota Kick, which is, I think is a better pun. Yes, but I think it's just go to kick. Ah, well, that's even worse. Um, this is twenty-four minutes of my life I'll never get back. Uh, Dakota Kai should have just like killed Shotzi at the end. I don't know why they needed to do like a five-minute mini match. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. That there, there was two ways you do that. Where either Shotzi had to be more valiant and fight harder, or she just gets run through. Because yeah. they did some weird in the middle where. Dakota just worked her over and eventually beat her. Shotzi didn't look particularly good. Dakota didn't look particularly good because Shotzi just wrestled four other people. And they, they yeah, both like you, just she wrestled four people and you couldn't put her down in like two minutes. Yeah, so it kind of makes you look like shit. Shotzi had to fight with all her life and still get beaten, which didn't happen, or just run through her, which didn't happen. In theory, this should elevate Shotzi, but it's the NXT Women's Division, so there's no way of knowing. She pinned four people in a row, but none of those wins were particularly impressive, and yeah. This match kind of sucked too. That finish as well, where she completely missed that Dakota kick. Dakota kick. 
better name. But there, surely, this is a taped television show. There was surely an angle that made that look a little better. Which, a bigger indictment if there wasn't. Uh, Kushida defeated Joaquin Wilde in a, frankly, rather disappointing match. Yeah, it was alright. Um, Joaquin Wilde has really nice gear. I love it. It's so cool. I love I love Joaquin Wilde. He's the best. And Kushida's cool, but he's not doing anything important. When they when they were like, what? Uh, Sam Roberts started talking on commentary about how Kushida is a disappointment so far in NXT, and it's like, Tom Phillips is like, he's only been here a year. It's like he's been there a year. Good God. Uh, and also, like, <laughs> don't bring that up, man. Like, <laughs> why are you burying people? For that no doesn't reason. get anyone over. Yeah, Kushida uh, won. Lucha Ninjas. Uh, LWO, whatever, whatever, whatever. Cool. Yeah. That's honestly the thing I'm most excited about in NXT. Is the prospect of, like, a lucha stable. <laughs> they're, they're all kidnapping luchadors. But also, like, why, would, why does no one care about people getting kidnapped? A serious felony has been occurring consistently at your place of work, and the only thing mentioned about it on the show before it happened again was a joke. <laughs> Like, who is, is there no, like, this, this would be a perfect time to have the goddamn fashion police be investigating this. And there you go, that's a, that's a first, like, squash feud for, like, whoever it ends up being, or, like, whatever their name is going to end up being. And that, that joke he mentioned was the first time they mentioned Raul Mendoza being kidnapped since he was kidnapped. I assume he's dead. It was, like, two weeks ago, and it's a thing, they're just like, yeah, he's gone. He's murdered. He's dead. And then Mocking my god. has gone too. Yeah, and he'll never come back. Um, what if this is just how they release people now? <laughs> they get kidnapped. Um, now we get a joke. really bad main event. Oh, God, this main event. Keith Lee defeated... I'm just going to let you go because I know that you're going to have a lot of thoughts on this. Keith Lee defeated Dominic Dajakovic and Damian Priest to retain the NXT North American Championship. And, like, there, when you watch the Keith Lee-Dominic Dijakovic matches, there are moments in which they are sloppy, there are moments in which they are clearly just guys taking turns doing moves, there are clear cracks that you can see in the format of those matches, but they are usually papered over by the fact that the crowds are really, really hot. So when they do super cool stuff, and the crowd goes bonkers, you kind of forget about the clumsy stuff, and you kind of forget about the fact that they just keep taking turns doing moves without any real story or escalation. And it works. It's popcorn. It's bubblegum wrestling uh, with with cool high spots. Well, you can't really give out about it. Well, I, I will, but I'm just a, an a, an angry young man. But this, with them doing that format of match in front of nobody, was so bad. Like seeing them just do shit and do moves and get up and do more new moves and then do some of the most like shitty looking contrived stuff of all time that double spin kick sequence i posted the gif on twitter but i literally laughed at it it was one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen in a wrestling ring where they go to each corner they dramatically scream and then they do (laughs) double spinning kicks they collide with each other and they both fall on keith lee for a near fall and i'm just like this is the dumbest shit i've ever seen in my life the only thing that would have put that spot over the edge to being the greatest spot of all time was if uh, instead of like doing a big kick out keith did his like sit up gimmick and just looked at the camera (laughs) oh no no like clearly that is where they went wrong with this match everything else is perfect but they fucked up that one spot so Mm. now this sucks like no one (laughs) who likes this who enjoys this i don't know it was like Rovert mentioned to me on Twitter that he doesn't like throwing around the this is a parody of wrestling. 
But he's right, it really was a parody of wrestling. Like, this is... This is what people... When they see... People who hate PWG... This is what that like they see those matches as being. This is what people pretended Rick, Ricochet and Will Osprey was. Yeah, exactly. Like, come mm. on, who? This stupid dog shit. It's absolute rubbish. It's so bad. I said that double spin kick thing was just oh. You know what this match oh. needed? To not exist. Yeah, well, yes, but it it needed Killian Dane in there. No, oh, Liam, just don't, the, don't just you the, dare! Just a, just a really great four-way. Just throw Killian Dane in there, and then make Why it go t- like another ten minutes longer. Why do you hate me so much? You forced me to. You, you forced me to watch AEW and NXT. I may have drank the entire peach iced tea during this. <laughs> you're tipsy. You're shooting them. I'm Well, shoot and tell me what you thought was match of the week. I really think there's only one candidate, but what, what do you think? Hmm. Hmm. You're just going to pick a different match to be a contrarian as usual? Yeah, probably. Um. <laughs> the only real choice is the AEW main event if you're going to pick something other than Kenny uh, and Trent. I was, I was, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with the AEW main event. Sean Spears. Greater than Kenny Omega. That is there my you hot go. take. Factual statement. You've said it. We've proved it. Show of the week! Ah, who, hmm, who could it be? Wait, you didn't give your match of the week. I did, yeah. uh, but did you not realize I was basically saying I was picking Kenny Omega and Trent? Oh, no, 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 I didn't get that. I I, I need more uh, explicit uh, or implicit? Whatever. Uh, explicit. Explicit uh, notes. But yeah, Kenneth, the best wrestler of the year. Best empty arena wrestler of the year as well. Ah, uh, no, that would be Go Shiyazaki. Get out of here. <laughs> and Iron Head Fujita. I am not one for memes. Which was your show of the week? Uh, who, who could it be? Ooh, ah, AEW. Yeah, uh, AEW and 85%, 15% AEW, so it's a clean sweep. Uh, uh, how many votes were in that one, Garrett? <laughs> 145. Wow, that's pretty good for someone, somebody that got posted an hour and 30 minutes ago. Yes, I, I, I didn't at all forget to post the poll. That's not my fault. Leave me alone. I'm trying my best. Liam was late. It's all Liam's fault that the podcast late. Believe him. There. You can follow us on Twitter at WarGamesPod. You can follow me on Twitter at GarrettKidney. You can follow Liam on Twitter at Larrikin. If you'd like more Elite coverage in your podcast feed, you can listen to Everything Elite. If you'd like more WWE television show coverage in your podcast feed, you can listen to Shake Them Ropes. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Rest in peace, Wrestle One.